Poets and Scholars. Welcome back to Sluts and Scholars, your weekly dose of sex education and just talking about banging. Uh, I'm Simone. And I'm Nicoletta. And this week we have Rachel Mullins, who is a former exotic dancer turned amazing model, actress, and producer. From Entourage the Movie to Playboy Magazine, Rachel is a true renaissance woman. Uh, she also Mais oui! Yeah. <laughs> she also does interviews about slut shaming and victim blaming across the country and around the world. Um, and I happen to know that she is a great fisherwoman, which I think oh. is the most important part of that biography. That is the most important part. You sent me like some pictures last week of some amazing fish that I don't know I what did. they're called. And I haven't sent you the new ones either. I caught a bunch of poisonous sculpin the other week. Poisonous sculpin? Yeah. That's what a what? beer. To me, sculpin is a beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? It's a fish and it's poisonous. But she like knows how to, you know, cut them and do the whole. Preparing. It was an interesting like, thing to do myself. Did you eat the poisonous sculpin? Yeah, well, it's just like um, it's kind of like blowfish It's no, it's in the way that like a bee is poisonous. Like you got to get stung otherwise. But if you don't, it's like, the meat isn't poisonous. Their spines mm. are things I did not realize that I'd be talking about today. Poisonous <laughs> sculpin. fish, sex, fish, sex on boats, <laughs> sex with fish. Do you like sex on boats? <gasps> I haven't had sex on boats in quite some time, but I remember I was on my friend's boat on the marina and the guy in the yacht next door had some chick over who was an opera singer. And Ooh. yeah, like, <laughs> so she the, was very loud reverberating through the marina. Like, oh, my God. Across the water. The dolphins were like, like what's responding. <laughs> yeah, That's it was amazing. ridiculous. So I would love for our listeners to hear a little bit about your story. My um, story. Like, yeah, well, where you where you came from? How did you get into modeling and acting? Well, believe it or not, uh, modeling came before being a stripper. Um, when really? I, yeah, when I was twelve, I got this letter in the mail. It's like we would like you to attend this workshop, and I was like, man, this is stupid. And my friends found it. Like, no, we want to go. We want to go. I'm like, fine, fuck, we'll go. So we went, and I got scouted to the go to. This. Wait, it wasn't a scam. No, <laughs> it was a legit letter in the mail. Come model. Yeah. Wow. Well, I feel like most of those are usually like probably. Creepy. Well, like it wasn't come like, to my van and model. I mean, you know, you just never know. But <laughs> it was one of those things. It was like it wasn't like one of the like chain like modeling places or whatever. It was just one location, and they were just. But I mean, it's kind of a better. It's a. To me, it's better than plucking girls off the street and being like, you know, oh, we found this girl at a bus stop or a yogurt stand or Dairy Queen or like, you know, whatever. Because that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I go to Dairy, Dairy Queen, Queen, everyone's asking me to model. And I'm like, stop. I'm just here to stop. get I just want a deli bar, Queen. yo. You don't, you don't know what you get at Dairy Queen? No, what is it? A blizzard? I fucked up the joke when I couldn't. I've never been to Dairy Queen. <laughs> we'll go later. I would love that. So you did the modeling before you did yeah, dancing. Yeah, I started modeling when I was 12 because I was already 5'6". I'm like, yeah, you'll do. So How tall are you five, now? 5'9". Wow. Wasn't exactly a big finish or anything. But but I mean, that is like half a foot more than I have. <laughs> so how long did you stay in modeling then? I'm still doing it. I'm like back at it. I took like a year and a half off to go interview people. And now like as soon as I was like done with that, like it was like a switch flip to like, oh, Rachel's available again. And like... I switched print agencies and I just started booking work. Like I've Get had it. Home Depot. Puma's a client right now. Like I have to go work for Puma again tomorrow. Wow. Um, Is that what Puma's make? <laughs> exactly. I think they're not even as sassy as that. I think oh. they're a little. <laughs> 
So how did you transition then from modeling to Yeah, because you said, funnily enough, modeling started before stripping. So um, I want to understand that. because well, I was young. <laughs> um, I don't think, well, in, in America, you're not supposed to be a stripper at 12 years old. Um, that was kind of the crazy Fair. part. Were you a stripper at 12 years old? No, no, no. Just I a waited until I was 19. Okay. I was even older than 18 because I'm from Detroit. And I was like modeling heavily, but still had bills and like, it was weird. And the great thing about dancing is like, you do whatever the hell you want to do. Like you show up and leave when you feel like it. So if I was gone for two weeks, someplace like modeling, it didn't matter. Like I didn't have like an employer to Mm -hmm. answer to because when I worked at Hooters, when I was 18 and had to leave for business trips, they're like, yeah, you can't do that. I'm like, I'm sorry, I got to leave. So that was the end of my- So stripping and dancing had a more flexible schedule. Oh yeah. So what? tell tell me about the first time that you did it. Like how are you like, I'm going to do this. I'm going. Yeah. I've never even been to a strip club before and I just Googled it. Really? Yeah, I googled um, strip clubs in Windsor, Canada, and I like made out like a sheet. Like, does it have this? Does it have that? What like, made you want to go to Canada? Because Detroit's disgusting. Like when I was when I was stripping in Detroit, I was the only white girl at Cheetahs on Eight Mile, and they used to put a sign on the market on Eight Mile. A, we have a white girl. <laughs> really? Yes. It's like that sign I see now that's like hundreds of beautiful girls, one in ugly one ugly one. one. Yeah. That's that's a common sign. Okay, so you yeah. decided to go to Canada. Yeah, I went to Canada at first, and and in Canada. And that part of Canada, the dance laws are like really in your favor and it's fully it's new. unionized, right? No, it's not unionized. It's just more like the girls in Niagara are hoeing it in that part of Ontario. If you want hoes, go to Niagara. Like they got any kind of hoe you could ever imagine. But in that part of Sounds Ontario. Sounds like we have to go to Niagara. <laughs> you need to take this on the road. Absolutely. Sluts and scholars take North America. Yeah. It's an international tour. Um, <laughs> so Windsor. But in that part of Ontario, like, people can't touch you. And if they do, you both can get, like, a $5,000 fine. So, like, Whoa. people are really, really nice. And we had... That's so Canadian. I know, right? <laughs> and we, <laughs> yeah, taking tips that are coins is, like, kind of interesting. Oh, um, do they think- oh, <laughs> you Okay, we have to revisit a little bit our first episode where Simone talked about her early masturbation things, and it not masturbation. I had fantasies of being a stripper as a kid, and uh, in preparation for the day that I would be a stripper, I mm. would stand on my sink in my bathroom and like see how many coins I could hold in between my labia. So you were preparing to be a stripper in, in Canada. Canada. In Canada. Although you probably didn't have to hold the coins in no, your No, no, we took them with our boobs. I right. thought that was bad enough. But, but some girls who wear those tip jar shoes, and most of the time, what? those are... What the fuck is a tip jar? Okay, so it's plastic, right? Well, it's got a little slot in it, and you can put money in it. I want those for day-to-day life. I know, right? So most of the time, in most nations, you put bills in there. Well, in Canada, it's coins, so it's like clank, 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 clank. As girls are like going, and if you got an uneven shoe, like you might fall. <laughs> That's so funny. But it was those were interesting. Those were cute. But yeah, so Canada was in my favor at the time, and it was really fun. Like, so you went to a strip club for the first time. Yeah, and I and was like, like hey, "Hi, I'm here. What's up? I'm here. My name's Rachel." They're like, "Yeah, cool. Take your coat off and go upstairs." Like that was really the the extent of the did conversation. They check your ID? No, really? No. You're like, why did I do this early? <laughs> been up here so soon but you know what though because i have to cr- i had to cross the border like mm. i had to have like a passport and stuff like that so did they uh did you get to pick your song at that club i did would you yes pick? and it was very very serious um what did i used to dance to i used to dance to beyonce b-day all the time and then there's a 50 cent song that i used to dance to all the time too i love that 
it'll come to me. Uh, <laughs> but it's but dancing does like change your perception of music because sometimes you'll hear something like, "Oh, I remember that hoe." <laughs> so did you like did you like dancing there? Or I liked did you it not in really Canada. It? In Canada, it was fun because we had a shower on stage and a trapeze and like. We had absinthe and it was like a really, really party vibe. This place sounds amazing. It was a tourist bar. So like you did, like we had some regulars, but it wasn't really like regular crazy. And yeah, we had a good time. I mean, it was a it was an adjustment in life to like know what men are doing when they think nobody's looking. Mm. Which was really interesting. And what? Yeah, tell what, what well, were like, they doing? <laughs> well, I like I most of the time it was like guys coming in and telling it, like telling me about like, I hate my wife and I hate my kids and I hate the fucking garage door that I bought. And like, just, just, just like a half therapist, half door. dancer. Oh, I think it's more than half. Like mostly therapists, <laughs> mostly therapists. Well, because at weirdly enough, I met more freak shows at Hooters than I did the strip club, but Yes, like the guys that are strip club regulars, like they need you as like a being. <laughs> like they want to like envelop you into their life. Wow, interesting. Huh. It is. It was it was weird. But like coming to terms with the like what knowing what the world thinks of you, like that was a that was kind of a mental trip. But I'm I'm glad that it happened to me sooner rather than later that way I didn't have to go walking around the world thinking mm-hmm. that I knew shit that I didn't know. Well, what, you, could you ahead. elaborate a little bit more what you mean by like knowing what the world thinks of you? Um, just like, essentially, oh gosh, how, how can I explain it? Explain it. Um, I guess it was, I'm from the Midwest too, so this probably has a little bit more of weight to it, but like thinking that like, oh, like you can be in relationships and they're going to be healthy and it's going to be fine. And that's not the case at all. Like oh. there's so like. I I mean, maybe it's not as vexing to other people, but hearing guys say, I regret my children, like, that's pretty fucking disgusting. Like, mm. really? Seriously? Like, that's supposed to be, like, first of all, you're the one that went out and did it. Second uh-huh. of all, like, that's your flesh and blood and you can't stand it? Like, that's, that's really gnarly. Like... Mm. Well, speaking of judgment, I mean, the whole point of our podcast is talking about people being judged, I think, for their sexuality and sexual behaviors, so... Knowing that this is something you did or even during that time, did you ever face any like backlash or judgments about I don't think so being in that world? Not that I recall any I mean, not that people don't really say things to my face though, to be mm. <laughs> to be completely fair. Um, I don't think so. I mean, it wasn't I think there's a stereotype of like, oh, strippers just do it for drugs or whatever. And that's not really the case. Like the club that I danced at in Canada, like their claim to fame was like they had any kind of girl that you could ever imagine. It was true. Like there was one girl from Romania. Mm-hmm. Her name was Julie. She was bringing all of her sisters over from Eastern Europe one by one into Canada wow. via, via paying for it via dancing. There was another girl, Betty, that was Haitian that danced five doubles a week because she had a foundation in Haiti so little kids could go to school. Wow. Um, it's it just, I just got... I just got goosebumps. You just never know. Like, yeah. Are there a lot of crackheads? Absolutely. But there's also ones that are really in there to like, because <laughs> they got problems and they need solving. And then I was dancing as t- in Texas. And then there's once. some it's people like, who are lifers who just There are it. lifers. Like, yeah, I met this lady in Texas dancing. I was. Oh, so you stopped dancing in Canada and then start dancing in Texas. No, I. Um, here's another crazy thing. Strippers actually go on business trips. Lo and behold, I put my resume on sexyjobs.com and I started getting calls from cl- awesome. from clubs. Does like, it still exist? Sexy I'm jobs? sure it does. I mean, well, I, I remember that. 
Twitter story that went viral about the people, the, the two women who went to Florida to to dance in a strip club. No, I'm never mind. No, what happened to them? Well, it was like this insane tour and like they went to go dance and it was just like a business trip for stripping. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, it happens. Like I went to this one club in Milwaukee that was like the grand opening. So they flew in a bunch of girls from everywhere. Um, I went to Texas. I mean, it was just. Whoa. It was, yeah. It and was that's like everything is included and they just like fly you out and pick yeah. you up and then you like work and make money. And then yeah. Go team home. big titties. You just. Although I will team say. Team big titties. Yeah. I will say. <laughs> I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> you qualify for team big titties. Yes. <laughs> Get on the hashtag. Um, <laughs> There was that club was interesting, though, because it was like a thumbnail distance from Texas. And I had this one guy put pesos in my ass crack. And I was like, does this look like a foreign exchange to you? Like, what <laughs> are you doing? Do I look like the currency exchange place? Like, come on. but it, it, to be fair, it was 50 pesos. So it was like five dollars. So I, did, I wasn't that upset about it. But <laughs> You're like, I'll just take that. It's out just, of my just ass a now. new experience. Like, really? For real? Like, come on. So, yeah, that was a it was it was a trip. It was fun. Do you still dance? No. When did you I've, stop? I haven't danced in years. I'm 28 now. Almost 10 years I haven't. Wow. So this only lasted for like It a only year. lasted for seven months. But oh. I just went so many places and did so many clubs. Like wow. It feels like a long time. So how does this compare to the modeling that you do now? <laughs> it doesn't. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, though, like when I was dancing in Detroit, because I did Canada for a while and then I had to go to the border every day and I was... It was a thing. Um, huh. And then when I was dancing in Detroit, like I met like some photographers and stuff. So I ended up shooting a bunch. That's awesome. In Detroit right. because of it. Huh. And you just decided to stop or like. No, it just it just stopped happening. Like um, the reason I was dancing is because I was gone all the time for modeling. And then once I was here full time like not that I just like I didn't wake up and be like, I'm going to go to Hollywood. No, um, I was on my like umpteenth trip and I was like I'm not going back to LAX I'm not putting this glass of champagne down I'm not getting out of this hot dog and I am not going to LAX one more time it's not happening <laughs> I will not <laughs> so I just stayed and had my dog and my toaster like UPS to me and that was the end of it but you're in LA mm -hmm. but I just didn't oh God, I love that my dog, I my dog and my toaster yeah like this, I needed my dog and my toaster everything else was, was stupid um I need to be was it a toaster oven? No, no, no. It was my my. I'm a, I'm a KitchenAid fan, so it was my red KitchenAid toaster. Oh, that's a good <laughs> toaster. toaster, right? Yeah, like I like my carbs toasty, so I I need for sure. For I needed sure. to bring that. Um, and, and then I, once you stayed, what happened? I tried dancing here at Rhino downtown for like two weeks, and I just couldn't get the vibe. Like the house fees were so much, I couldn't dance. What is a house fee? Like, you, like how much you have to pay, there? but in Canada, they pay you. Like if you show up by a certain time, like they pay you, which is unheard of in the U.S. And it's certainly unheard of in a booze free club, mm -hmm. because in California, if you're under 21, you can't dance at a club with booze in it, which is Detroit. They don't give a damn what you do. Um, <laughs> it may or may not be a law and they just don't care. I'm not totally sure on the schematics. <laughs> don't of that. tell anyone about Detroit. Who knows? I mean, you're supposed to have a dance license there, too. And none of us did. Like if you didn't have a, a license. I'm going to dance and I have a license to I do it. <laughs> license to dance. I love it. <laughs> You're like, I'm not, I don't need a license. I don't need a license. That's so good. Did you ever tell your family? I don't really have a family. So they, okay. didn't, they didn't really know. But it, it lasted for so little time. Yeah. It didn't Do you matter. feel like it was defining at all or just like another step in your whole journey? No, it was definitely like a step in the journey. Because I like, I kind of took the stripper pathway like Hooters, bikini bar stripper. Like I did the, the ascension 
to the ranks, except I went fully nude first and then went to topless, which was kind of a weird loop-de-loo there. Might as well get that out of the way first. Well, like, it was weird, though, because in Detroit especially, like, I was used to robbing people. Like, I didn't do that much dancing. I just robbed people for the most part. And what, do you, then, what does that mean? Like, actually like, actually take them? their money? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in Detroit. just be like, give me money. <laughs> give it to you. No, I, I wasn't that smooth. Um, in Detroit, there is a dance law that is for real. That's not just made up in my mind. That, okay, so you can only be naked on stage or your VIP dances are behind a booth in a curtain, which is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Wow. Because you end up either getting choked out or your ass licked. There is really no happy medium in between there. So because this but woman- that's where a lot of people make the money with, is the dances. Yeah, totally. So the, like this, apparently the story is, is like this lady that was, her husband was constantly in the strip club or whatever, you know, pounded down some lobby doors. and was like, I want this dance law which was stupid and probably got a few people killed. But, um, so, but like once you're back in the booth, a, nobody can see you. And most of the time these people are really, really drunk. You're like, yeah, that was $300. And then just bounce. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoa. I love it. Yeah. So like when I had to like dance at a nice club where people weren't drunk and I had to keep on my underpants, I was like, Whoa, this isn't my speed. And then I had to pay a bunch of money in house fees. I'm like, I don't, I don't like you. So, so how did, like did this help get you into advocating against slut shaming? And no, not at all. It how just, did how did you get to that? Yeah, um, it just kind of happened. Like I think with all the like dick pics in the world, that like the, as a topic, like everyone's sending dick pics, and it's like, why? Why would you do that? Like, <laughs> oh well, you posted this kind of picture. Okay, what does that picture have to do with your dick? Let's. Can you bridge the gap for me? Oh, wait, you can't. Wait, but if you post a picture of something sexy, then obviously you want to see my genitalia, Clearly, I will. That's what you're saying. You're saying, please, strangers of the internet, (laughs) show me your phalli. Yes. But I get that. I get that as a a mental health professional, too, in the sex therapy field is I, you know, people assume because I talk openly about sex or because I'm willing to have these conversations that they can send me like unsolicited sex things and it doesn't happen to the men and male colleagues that I have. Well, of it's course just not. the women. So I, I get, you know, a lot of call masturbators or people who call want call masturbators? Yeah, people who want to call and talk on the phone and just like tell me things, but really they don't want therapy. They just are like getting off on it. Oh, that got one eight hundred numbers for that Miss Ford. Right? And I'm like, I'm not against it, but I'm not getting paid for this. So like yeah. let me give you a referral to, you know, Night Flirt. <laughs> to Yolanda at Night Flirt. <laughs> yeah, no, I have some friends that work for Night Flirt. I have to find these. Hang on a second. Anyway, so yeah, that I didn't. Um, I don't know. I didn't feel bad about it. Tell your audience the sexy thing you're doing. I'm putting. Um, I'm putting my. Uh, my invisible teeth aligners in. Yes. Because a slutty scholar also takes care of their dental hygiene. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. So there are all these dick pics on the internet, and you're yeah. like, "Why the fuck are people doing this?" Well, it's just kind of an. In- I mean, that and like. There's so many like gang rape stories going on internationally and like it's really kind of coming to a head of like I feel like girls now have a new platform to be like, yo, this is fucking wrong. Don't do this, especially like with the backlash with like Anthony Weiner and him sending his Weiner all over the place. Like it's kind of, and it's like when you have that many big stories going at the same time, it just became really topical. So, well, you have seen from the stories we've talked about before, a huge array of different kinds of, I don't want to say necessarily slut shaming, but around the world. And one of the stories that really moved me was it sounds like you'd interviewed some people internationally who had been um, acid burn survivors. Yeah. 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 A lot of, I would love to hear more about that. 
Um, Because that's not something a lot of us get to hear about. No, and I was really shocked about it because, like, I knew what it was. But then when I was talking about, you know, to my friends, they're like, oh, maybe I'll go to India. Maybe I'll do this and blah, 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 blah. They're like, what's an acid attack? I'm talking about friends that have paid tens of thousands of dollars for their education. So there might be listeners out there who don't know what that is. Can you tell us? Okay, so there's certain types of acid. Typically, they're sold as, like, house cleaners. Mm -hmm. Um that it only takes like a vial the size of your index finger that costs eight cents and you can kill somebody with it. Wow. It's unregulated in most places in the world and it's as easy as throwing a cup of coffee on somebody and they're toast. And the reasoning is because they have... There's a few reasons they do it. There's um, girls that turn down marriage proposals. Um, Sometimes if people's Parents are in a property dispute. Clearly the best solution to a property dispute is to burn someone's face off with acid. Um, Their child. Or their child. There was um, the house that I went to. They had a boy after I left. A little two-year-old boy. Um, Him and his mom and his dad lived in some little village out in the jungle. And his mom kept getting hit on by these guys that also lived in the village. And she's married, so she turned them down repeatedly. And their solution to being turned down was they stole her little two-year-old boy, drenched him in acid, and then threw him in a dumpster. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Yeah. That was was her punishment. Um, I don't, like— Oh, my God. I'm reeling. I don't know what it, like— I mean, this is happening out there. In oh, the it world. happens. It, there's 1,500 acid attacks a year, and a thousand of which are in India. And um, I don't mean to take away from the acid attacks, but just what you're saying, like that's their response to like being turned down. Like that speaks to to me, and I could think probably to like a lot of women, even in the United States. Like, there's always that moment of fear. I feel personally, like you got to be on careful. The street, if I'm on the street and I'm approached by, like, I'll never forget one time I was in Hollywood and I was walking down the street and I was in this phase where I was like responding to cat callers and I was going, my body is not an invitation for your comment. And I still do that. But I was like really into being like, no. And this guy was like, hey, baby, how are you? And I said, I'm fine, but I'm not your baby. And I kept walking. And I kept walking, and I didn't, and I felt him like stop, and like turn around, and like staring at me as I was walking down the sidewalk, and I was scared that he was going to attack me. Well, even I and mean, it's such a, it's it's like you cannot say no, and and like and like we're we're still in a world where you say no to someone, and you're scared they're no. going to hurt you. That is so fucked up. Well, I mean, this isn't obviously as terrible as. But it's not. But it's not. But the point to this entitlement. But it is that the point of interviewing the gamut and going from you know zero to a hundred of things. You know, things like oh, someone said something mean to me. To yo, I don't have a face anymore. um, Is because that it's a door, and you know, one end is open and one end is closed. But it has to get creaked open before it's all the way open yeah. if that makes any well, sense well look at dating apps i see so many friends of mine and people in groups i'm in post um how i mean it, it seems to be mostly men respond when they you know get turned down and so they seem all nice everything and then they kind of say something inappropriate or whatever and the person and even if there's nothing inappropriate if they didn't have a date they like and they're like oh you know i'm not feeling it then they immediately go to well it doesn't matter you were a stupid fat cunt anyway yeah well that's kind and of you're like it's like well then why do you go on a date with me <laughs> yeah like it goes from like zero why to you flirting with totally. me and that's what i asked the girls in india that had gotten burned because they turned down marriage proposals so i'm like okay riddle me this explain explain this to me even though we're going between language barriers here. So you were with a dude, or maybe you weren't with a dude, but you were like, he was like, oh, marry me. And you're like, nah, I don't, I don't think you're the dude. 
I feel like you're kind of an asshole. I'm not going to marry you. And then he throws acid on your face and then proves that you're an asshole. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand the conveyance. Like, prove someone right. Like, I don't, I don't really get that. Point. But it's, but they're like, how did you get involved in that though? Um, I just saw it on the internet and I saw this one, um, AJ plus did a thing with a bunch of girls from a different acid attack survivor house. And the, um, there's one girl that's kind of like the face of acid attack survivor people in India. Um, she does billboards now and she's kind of a big deal. But at the same time, though, there's another girl that came from the house that I visited. That's probably even a bigger deal now because she walked at fashion week last year. September. Wow. So that became like this international phenomenon. Yeah. Situation. And then, you know, people in the first world got to really see what it's like to look at someone who doesn't have an eye. So for people who are interested, how can they reach out and, and help some of these survivors or help gain awareness? Um, there's you know? a lot of GoFundMes. Um, the one that I went to visit was called Make Love Not Scars. And they have websites and um, for every case, they kind of make they tell you like what the story was and then they raise their money for their medical treatments and wow, they wow. raise money for everybody. They get it done. And these interviews were part of a bigger project where you were interviewing people about sexuality, shaming well, it was, and slut shaming. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is sexuality shaming because yes, there are that men that do get acid attacked, but it's extremely rare. Um, the little boy was a different but that was a target at the mother yeah that's the thing that's true but there's um there's guys that get burned by co-workers in india burning people's kind of a big like kind of a thing like if it's not acid it's kerosene or like whatever like there's wow. an entire um police department like section of the police department that is just for um like dowry related deaths what because even though the dowry laws in India have been outlawed for 40 years, 40 years, people still do it as like a fun thing to do. And there was a girl that I interviewed. Um, it's not uncommon to have dowry disputes. And it, in, in our minds, it's like, oh, well, if you're told you're not getting any money for the, before the wedding, like you get married, you didn't get any money. Like it's not going to happen. Right. Not true. It can you can be in dowry disputes for years into a marriage. Wow. Crazily enough. There's another girl that I interviewed, Mamta. That's what happened to her. She came from a super, super poor family. They didn't, they told the guy that she was going to marry, you're not getting anything. We're, we don't have anything to give you. You're not getting anything. You want to get married? Cool. That's great. Otherwise, there's nothing to give you. Gets married, has a baby immediately. I think her son was... Her son was under a year. He was beating her, trying to get her family to give him a dowry because he wanted to buy a car. Wow. And mind you, I think she was like his third marriage, by the way. Um, who knows what happened to the other two ladies? So her family's like, we told you there's nothing to give you. You're not getting a car. You're not getting a scooter. You're not getting a bicycle. Like, you're not getting anything. Like, we don't have anything to give you. And... That, you know, just kept ratcheting up the pressure. And one night he opened, like, opened the bedroom door and threw acid across her face, like, out of a baby bottle or something. And then stole their son and left. And she still hasn't seen her son, like, to this day. These stories are, are And then her unreal. family was like, you failed in your marriage. We're not taking you back. Like, you're a disgrace. Oh, it's her fault, of course. Yeah. Wow. Woof. 
So what, when you, now that you've come back from that, how, how have you like brought this into the things you're doing now? Um, well, I don't complain about my skin anymore. I'll say that, uh, <laughs> cause I own skin. So that's kind of exciting. Um, I don't know. Like I've just kept in touch with them. And like, I like, like, even though like the girls that I interview, they don't speak English. Like we had to use an interpreter, but mm-hmm. I love them so much. They're so little and smushy and I can't wait to go back to India and like hang out with them like I thought like going into the place like I was really trying to like mentally prepare myself like like this is where despair is going to live you know like this is going to be gnarly and it was gnarly but in the other direction like they were laughing and giggling and telling each other dirty jokes and like they had Mm -hmm. like such a a camaraderie between each other and they were you know so friendly and happy and like they had made it past their situation so like um one of the girl that just straight turned out a marriage proposal and got acid thrown on her. She's so tiny. Like she's so itty bitty and little, but now she's married to like a super nice guy and her in-laws love her. And like her life is fine. Like she's fine. It's nice that they have that support system of of a few people who have experienced that. Were you, but you were doing not to detract from this, but you were doing other interviews as well. Right. Not um, necessarily in India, but like over the course of the last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting. It's tough because I, I think, and at least for me, and when I'm taught in, you know, school for for mental health counseling or whatever, to try to be as open as possible to different cultures and different norms. So it's hard to, on one hand, try to be open to that, but then hear some of the horrific things that are happening and not have a reaction. Yeah, it's 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 gnarly. Like it's 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 incredible to me because I'm a culture junkie. It's incredible to be to me about how how much weight the patch of dirt that you were born on has in your personality and what will happen to you in your life it's like it's just it's a piece of dirt that's mm-hmm. it like but it has so much bearing on you your do existence. think that it does yeah oh absolutely interesting absolutely 100 percent. like it's to say that we're all the same isn't true it's just not like like we all humans, we all yeah, like citizens of the United States, like even that too. Like to say that everybody's you know everybody's the same. Like we're just not. We're mm-hmm. just not, and that's fine. You know, like can you really get it? Like, could you even get a room full of people to agree? Like, what's the coolest thing to put on a piece of pizza? No, Jeez. like <laughs> hey, cheese some, doesn't count. There's some vegan people who would disagree. <laughs> vegan cheese. This is yeah, LA. Like, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck the vegans. <laughs> Them and their artificial cheese. Um, Simone loves eating animals. Yeah. I, I do. Shit, I kill and cook my own. I Good. understand. I'm making a fish noise. Yeah. <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> Some fish make noise. Okay, so you said that the dancing was just part of a step in your journey. I'm just curious as to how it has or has not kind of imbued where you are now. Well, pole dancing is a skill, believe it or not. Like I, say, I take classes that I work. have not. It, it is hard work. Oh, my gosh. The first time that I danced, I was very lucky. This older Canadian lady was like, this is how you do this. Um, the Like the first couple weeks I was in that club. But pole dancing is a marketable skill and you can get jobs with it. So pray I tell, pray tell. <laughs> so I've booked all kinds of stuff, like all kinds of TV and movies, jobs from being able to pole dance. And most of the time, like they say that they need you to pole dance. And then you get there like, oh, just walk around it. I'm like, what? I came here to, to bust skills. Son. Yeah, like, like, I want to go upside down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, insurance. I'm like, man, come on. So sometimes I get to do it. Sometimes I don't. But. 
But yeah, that's that's pole dancing, learning how to pole dance from being in an actual strip club really, really helped be like a, a skill section on my resume. <laughs> like what have you booked from it? Oh gosh, all kinds of stuff. Um, the most recent one was Ray Donovan. I've done oh. several movies, pole dancing. I feel like there's a couple other TV shows too. Yeah, I mean, just over the, I've been working for so long, I forget what I've done. But yeah, I've, um, I did this one movie that was really fun called Last Call with uh, Christopher Lloyd and Tara Reid. Oh, And oh my John gosh. Cappadici. And what did you have to do in that Ryan Hansen? with the pole dancing? Well, in that movie, like these brothers start their own like janky strip club. <laughs> like they have a bar and they just put poles in it, like invite the girls over. Um, so I was like a stripper in like a makeshift club. Awesome. <laughs> Which was really, really fun. And then Christopher Lloyd was in the trailer next to mine and it was like a life defining moment. It was like, so exciting. Oh, my God. We're sharing a wall. <laughs> That's how I felt with Aaliyah Shaka. <laughs> I, was, I, mean, I didn't know who she was at the time. I was, I had no idea. I was just talking to her, and then like That's amazing. after the fact, I was like, "Oh, that's that person." So, what did you do on the Ray Donovan show? I was, um, I was pole. It was a strip club scene, and I was pole dancing. And um, in the show, John Boyd's character has a thing for like chocolate girls. <laughs> okay, so it's me, and then my um, one of my work wives, Aussie, was pole dancing next to me and he's like nah not these two <laughs> and then he goes over to the he he settles on the bartender but oh. yeah we got scorned but in real life in You're real f- life john and Voight and i are friends i love that which is way better than um television. i can't stop staring at your playboy pin tell yeah. me about it uh, you know what like actually being like published by playboy isn't the really the fun story Maxim ran these pictures of me and then Playboy re-ran them. So that's how I ended up in Playboy. The fun story from Playboy is I used to go-go dance like once a month at the mansion for parties. Oh my gosh, I have to hear about this. (laughs) And I'm sad that I can't still go watch you do that. Uh, We we might... How do you define go-go dancing? Like they would like rent like, you know... Like a birdcage. Not... They made a head bird gauges for other girls, but not me. Um, you they'll cannot have, be like, caged. Little, they'll have little. I wouldn't mind. That's fine. <laughs> I think it gives you some, you know, some depth. But they would have like raised platforms to go go dance on, or sometimes if there was like a band or something playing, you'd dance on stage. I danced on stage once with Lenny Kravitz, who was performing with Mini Kiss, the all Mini little Kiss! Pe- the all little people Kiss cover band. Oh, I'm not familiar <laughs> with them, but they Nicoletta, are awesome. Nicoletta knows. Every Mini cover Kiss band. is adorable. I do love They're cover bands. So adorable. I love them. So you were dancing at the at the mansion. Yeah. Half secretary Norma would email me every now and then be like, Do you want to go go dance? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's the best job ever. Oh what were those God. parties like? Did they feed you well? Um, yeah, because like most well, I guess some of them were in the mansion kitchen and some of them weren't. Okay, so here's the deal. For Have to Stay in the House, it is owned by Flameboy Enterprises. Therefore, Per the IRS guidelines, they have to rent it out for charity parties every so often, like an X amount per year. Um, so you were go going for charity? Yes, I'm charitable. You are, you are a philanthropist. You're yes, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, like they have you know these random parties for um, like Wounded Warrior Project and oh, that's a great organization. Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, you just go go dance, take pictures with people, and dance with many kiss. Oh my god! But the best party that I ever went to there wasn't a Playboy party per se. It was the after party to the premiere of the movie House Bunny. 
Oh, so it was like, oh, I love. Did they film it there? Yeah, yeah, they did, and it was so. And Hef is in it. He's in it, and so were the three girls at the time. But like, it was so much fun because. Wait, we knew when Holly was there. Mm -hmm, This was back in the Dizzy. I loved Holly. (laughs) We had the girls girls next door in France. It was like one of the only shows on TV that like wasn't dubbed into French, and I loved it. Really, I. Back in the day, back in the day, I saw I saw Bridget at Trader Joe's. It was my Were first celebrity excited? sighting when I moved to LA. I, I no, I live in Studio City. I freak. Do, do you see? Every, and I was like, oh my god, that's everybody goes to that Ralphs <laughs> in Studio City. Everybody, yeah. like people, the rock and roll Ralphs on Sunset. People just think they're famous and they're nobody. The Ralphs at Studio City. Oh, people yeah. are famous. Which like, are we talking about? The Ralphs just over here on like. No, we're ta- no, we're no. That's the one in NoHo. So there's the Trader Joe's oh, I'm going on to Ventura, the wrong grocery store. and then there's the Ralphs on Ventura and Vineland, which I think is the one that you're that's, talking that's about. That's the one. That is the one. I see everybody in there. Like we, like me. And, okay, Stephen trying. Stephen and I try not to grocery shop together because it's the only time. we This fight. is your partner. Yes, that's the only time we fight because he thinks chicken should be born without bones. Like I, I take the bones out for him. We just have this weird. <laughs> This, these fights at the grocery I like that stores. this is what you fight about. That's what we fight about. So, but every time we go in there, we see, we run into somebody, we're like, oh, hey, come to the blah, 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 blah. Like, we, it never fails. Never oh fails. Oh my gosh, so fun. So what is it like posing for those magazines? Did you feel self-conscious or did you feel pretty confident? No. Up until this year, I was only modest about my, like, personality and not my body. And now... What do you I, mean? Tell me more about now that. Now I've sworn off modesty altogether. Like... <laughs> I'm done hampering myself. What does modesty about your personality mean? And, do you think, um, and was that part of being in the like not modest about no, your body? No, space? no, no. It was like trying to stop myself from being as filthy as I am. Like <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm a filthy, crass person. On top of the fact that I've done. Why did you feel like you needed to um, cover that. that? Because like I'm, I'm from Detroit. Like I'm ghetto on the inside. Like that's my like janky's like my core personality. You know, like I'm kind of like. <laughs> I'm kind of like an M&M. Like the outside is like colorful and branded with a logo and the inside is is hood. So I'm just I'm done with my outer layer. I'm done with it. So now it's I'm just, dissolved off. What made it's you dissolved. decide? Fuck it. Um, This is a mean thing to say, but I don't care because I've sworn off modesty. Um, We welcome that. Being in the industry for so long, I have accomplished a certain amount of things. And... People will always get in your ear like, oh, hey, do this for me. Do that for me. And I'm kind of an emergency bitch. Like people call me when they have, they're they trying to put out fires. Um, and, you know, I've always felt like, oh, like just be nice and like let people come at you like an equal when they're not. And I got to quit doing that shit. Like it's it's a bad idea because then you end up in these unbalanced mm-hmm. relationships. And then it's and at that point, it's mean to be like, yo, um. Did you do this? Oh, wait, you didn't. Okay, we're going to be over here. <laughs> like, so So you're saying I worked hard, I earned it, yeah, and I got to give yeah, myself some credit. Totally. Like, well, not like that, but like, I think, especially having like a boyfriend that people know, people think that I have more power than I Who's can. your boyfriend? My boyfriend, Stephen Glickman. He's a stand-up comic. Oh, very cool. Um, and he works in children's programming, so we're kind of a strange, strange <laughs> That pair. is so When he was on Nickelodeon, I was public enemy number one over there. They could not stand me. Um, <laughs> they're like, take this girl someplace else. Take her someplace else. 
Can't stand so her. that's but that is an example of the slut and scholar thing that people were like, oh, oh totally. this person is working in child programming. And so he can't have a girlfriend or partner or whatever. Like, they would let me come to stuff, is... but like I couldn't walk the carpet with him. So <gasps> because even though because other, of your even though job? other people on the show could. Um, yeah, because of what, what? was their yeah. reasoning? Uh, they're not they're Nickelodeon's not very nice people. Um uh, that I just they they didn't really have a reason. They just wouldn't let me do it. Like they wouldn't say a reason, but it was kind of obvious. Like what was the obvious reason? Titties. Um <laughs> Playboy Maxim titties. Yeah, titties. Yeah, I was just like, I'm not to be fair, I am not fit for children without with or without my resume okay like i'm not me and babies we don't we don't like each other it's mutual they don't like me either but we had uh we had nina hartley um who's a if you didn't listen to that episode you should but you should talking about how as a as a porn star that she can't work with kids Mm -hmm. and it's just it's so unfortunate that there are so many responsible for if people like if she's going in to do like a sexual health workshop Mm -hmm. and then they google her they don't want she doesn't want them stumbling across what might be suit, not suited for those under 18. That's but her. when I think about it, I would love to have somebody who has a sexual knowledge and whatever to teach my kid <laughs> a lack of shame, you know, mm-hmm. no sexual shame and some of that. I would rather that person than someone who's, you know, hiding the sex under rather the Rather than, than the Madonna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Madonna don't know much. <laughs> Madonna hasn't been around the block enough. Or has she? We don't know. Oh, well, on that note. (laughs) It was so awesome having you talking about such a variety of things. And it's so cool hearing all these different parts of your life. I got different. I think you could make a case that I'm schizophrenic for (laughs) the amount of interest that I have. Is there anything that we didn't touch upon that you feel the desperate need to share with us before we wrap up? No, I think that's it. Oh, you're so complex. There's so much more. (laughs) I cannot wait to have you back. So you are so amazing and I'm glad we got to know you. But if people want to find you or follow you, um, what are some public ways that they can do that? Um, well, thanks for having me. I think probably number one filthy way to find me is Twitter because my, my Twitter has its own personality. Or What's the Twitter? It's my, just my name. It's Rachel A. Mullins. And then on Instagram, I have a super secret Instagram that doesn't have my name on it, but it's just me adventuring around on fishing called Adventure Titties. <gasps> How did I not know about this? <laughs> Are you okay with people titties. following you? Yeah, go ahead. I just don't like people I know following me. So if I don't know you, feel free to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> so can we follow you on Adventure yes, Titties? you fall into the gray area. Adventure Titties sounds amazing. I just love the name. Good Amazing. Yeah, name so too. Rachel Everybody A. Mullins everywhere and then Adventure Titties if you're looking for some fishing fun. Yeah. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into we this week you. with Rachel Mullins. Um, please subscribe, leave a review, let us know what you think. Again, you can find us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars and Twitter at Sluts Scholars and tune in next week. Bye.